Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. We have a ridiculous episode today talking about <laughs> Puppet Master. We're just having some fun, ladies and gentlemen. There's so much. I mean, when you really dig into this series, it's quite ridiculous. We're going to talk about the Puppet Master franchise. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I need a prize. If anyone would like to send me a prize package for watching all 14 of the existing Puppet Master oh, movies, Jesus. just so that I could speak somewhat intelligently to all of you about these movies. But also it's kind of like, all right, well, I have an excuse to, to actually do that once and for all. Yeah, so, I mean. So now I've done it. Otherwise, I'd, the one, end. I'd wonder. Of like why I did it. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to get into a whole lot of that later. And I'll give you a breakdown of what I thought of most of them. And then I also am working on, and which will probably be up by the time this episode is up, is I'm going to write, do a ranking. Because, you know, we need one more Puppet Master franchise ranking. There aren't enough out there. There, there are not enough. But I'm going to do one. So okay. we're going to put that on the website. <laughs> oh, but I wanted to tell you that Clue is coming out with a Dexter version. Shut up. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. It's available. It's available now. All right. I want it. Okay. I just wanted to let you know that. I think Blue posted that in our Discord, and so I wanted to share it with everyone. Lovely. We felt everyone should know. You had some horror news, too. I do. I do, I do. Fresh off an Oscar nomination for Spencer... Kristen Stewart, what is she up to these days? Well, she's developing a gay ghost hunting reality show with a friend. Fun. And is having an open casting call that's been launched. So Scout Productions, who also is behind Queer Eye, is producing the series. And Stewart herself dropped a video this week announcing the open casting call below. She said, I am scarily excited to announce that I'm teaming up with Scout the producers of Queer Eye, Legendary, and The Hype on the most, this is funny, just sounds like her, on the most gayest, most funnest, most titillating queer ghost hunting show ever, Stewart says in the video posted on They're Instagram. They're going to just hunt queer ghosts then. <laughs> we need to find the most incredible LGBTQ ghost hunters, paranormal, paranormal specialists, mediums, psychics, investigators who will lead the pack on the super gay ghost hunting adventure. Fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I, I kind of, she said, the outrageous ghost hunting extravaganza is said to be set up by a major streamer and those interested in taking part can fill out the application at ghost.castingcrane.com. Yeah, get out there, you guys. We want to see some listeners on there. Yeah. <laughs> and then let us know because we want to shout you out. That's amazing. Also... The Winnie the Pooh horror movie that's oh. coming out. Just just, just so you know, I want to let you know that Pooh and Piglet experience a drastic drop in food as Christopher grows up. So over the years... Does he they stop become, feeding them? Over the years, they become increasingly hungry and feral. Oh, is this the premise? They had to resort to eating Eeyore. Why didn't they eat Christopher Robin? Then Christopher returns with his wife to introduce her to his old friends. But when that happens, they get enraged when they see them. They have to eat the donkey? All of the hatred they've built up over the years unleashes, and they go on a rampage. Well, if I had to kill my best friend, I probably would too. And it continues when they end up at this at a rural house I don't with know the if, girls. I don't know if my heart can handle this. I know. I was talking to a friend the other day, and they were like, I don't know. I just can't have Winnie the Pooh ruined. I, seriously. <laughs> and I'm like, well... 
I'm sure it'll be awful. So I don't know how much ruining you're going to get. I mean, they're going to eat Eeyore. So like, I don't know. I'm already out. I couldn't even see the live action <laughs> Dumbo because I heard it was so hard to get through. <laughs> That's fair. So would you like me to share some true crime nonsense? With I would you? love that. All right. So I need you to know that a sheep was sentenced to three years in prison for killing a per- a woman. A sheep? Yeah. A sheep was arrested and sentenced to three years in prison after killing a woman in Africa. Apparently Africa has different rules than us. In fact, I know they do. The sheep was arrested in South Sudan. First, I just want to know what that looks like. Earlier this month, after attacking a woman who later died from her injuries, according to MSN. The ram attacked by hitting her ribs and the old woman died Immediately, said the police chief. Our role as police is to provide safety and separate fights. The ram was apprehended and currently under custody at a police station. The animal was apprehended and taken to the local jail where it was found guilty of murder and sentenced to three years in military camp. The owner is innocent and the, this is a quote, <laughs> The owner is innocent and the ram is the one who perpetrated the crime, so it deserves to be arrested. Then later on the case shall be forwarded to customary court where the case can be handled amicably. The local court has also ruled that the owner of the sheep has to pay the victim's family five cows as compensation. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't have any words. (laughs) It's a cultural statement that we don't have here. So I just thought you needed to know. So uh, also, mm. yeah, what were you going to say? No, I'm listening. Woman was caught breastfeeding her hairless cat on a Delta flight. Okay. <laughs> a woman who took a Delta flight recently wasn't... They don't drink that kind of milk! <laughs> wasn't kitten around... Oh God! That's the just author the visual. Of this <clears throat> when she whipped out her breasts and started <laughs> breastfeeding her hairless cat, the unidentified female, because Lord knows we don't want to identify her, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> flew from Syracuse, New York. Well, she was a New Yorker, so there you go. You New Yorkers got to work on that. To Atlanta, Georgia, where she was caught. Although she could have been from Georgia, we could slander them too. Where she was caught breastfeeding her feline on the plane. A flight attendant told her repeatedly to stop and put her cat back in its cage. However, the woman refused. A message was sent through the aircraft communications to alert Delta crew in Atlanta that a passenger in seat 13A, quote unquote, is breastfeeding a cat and will not put the cat back in its container. A photo of the message board was found on Reddit and was posted on Twitter and it has the message. Please don't tell me there's a photo. No, no. Okay. Not yet anyway. Uh, So that was the message. There is a picture, however, of the cat or no, just some hairless cat, just so you get a visual. Okay. Flight attendant Ainsley Elizabeth, who was on board during the incident, took to TikTok, of course, to explain more of what went down. So there is a TikTok of that. Ainsley, Elizabeth, and she, unless she's had to take it down, this was back in November. This woman, this is the quote, this woman had one of those like hairless cats swaddled up in a blanket. So it looked like a baby. She said her shirt was up and she was trying to get the cat to latch and she wouldn't put the cat back in the carrier and the cat was screaming for its life. Elizabeth revealed in another video that security got involved. However, she's unsure of sort of what happened. Is this like animal abuse? 
I don't know. I guess so. I have issues with this. No shit. The Delta employee <laughs> who sent the message also requested the Delta's red coat team apprehend the woman, whatever that is, learning so much today, apprehend the woman once they got to the ground. So the red coats are, quote unquote, we're learning here, folks. The elite airport customer service experts, identifiable by their bright red coats, they are specifically trained to handle on-the-stop customer issues. So Delta has a red coats. I'm just saying. It's very... The red like, coats are coming. Yeah, it's very historical. The airline's website also outlines its policies of women breastfeeding children... I imagine they don't have a cat clause. Del- <laughs> uh, Delta fully supports a woman's right to breastfeed on board Delta. Blah, blah, blah. Breast pumps are allowed. Blah, blah, blah. So they want to let you know that Delta does allow animals on their planes, but they all, and they also allow breastfeeding. They just never quite came up with this combination before. Well, I mean, now we know that we need that kind of clause, right? Just in case someone yeah. like, Brings their monkey or turtle. I just needed those visuals. So thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. So in a lovely turn of events, let's talk. (laughs) More effects with Kath, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) It's the moment everybody waits for each week. Sounded like a cat that time. So... What 1989 film directed by Victor Salva starring Sam Rockwell was about three mental patients who have escaped an insane asylum, murder three clowns, steal their identities of Chizo, Bippo, and Dippo by taking their makeup and costumes. I know this one. Great. (laughs) Okay, good. At least I think I do. You never know. Number two. In Newfoundland, sleep paralysis is called what? And it's called this because it's associated with visions of elderly women crouching on the sleeper's chest. Okay, you don't have to scream at me. You get three choices. (laughs) A, the crouching geezer. B, the old hag. Or C, the senior squat. No. (laughs) What the fuck? Number three. How many baby spiders come out of one egg? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I stepped on a spider once and I almost vomited. Just once? Well, she was pregnant. Oh, gooey number four danny elfman who was known for his score in edward scissorhands among a lot of things made his debut soundtrack with what movie okay and number five what is the actual name of pinhead in clive barker's original novel the hellbound heart okay that should be fun thank you kathy you're most welcome you big weirdo Mm mm-hmm We're going to be right back. (laughs) 
It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Kathy, let's talk Puppet Master, shall we? All I, rem- I, all I can tell you is walking into video stores as a kid and seeing the cover boxes of Puppet Master and just remembering, I don't think I ever saw them as kids. It, it was like, it was one of those series. Well, I saw everything else. I know. It was one of those series that nobody in my life, adult wise, w- was really into. But I do remember like catching pieces of it if it was on cable or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. On Sunday or whatever. Yeah. So we know that Full Moon Features, the production company, founded in 1988. They're the ones who created the series among many other. Be they're, they're, Charles Band, who started Full Moon Features, he was known for doing like these B series. He's like a B movie veteran. So he created, he put out movies like Trancers, Subspecies, Castle Freak. And then he creates Puppet Master that bleeds into some spinoffs. In 1992, we have Demonic Toys. And then 2018, there was a reboot for The Littlest Reich, which is like a spinoff film about the puppet Blade. And I'm going to talk about the different puppets here in a moment. But it, Puppet Master, Shannon, if we had an applause button, Shannon watched all 14. <laughs> I think after about five or six, I'm like, I, I, I'm good. And I'm just going to jump in here super yeah. quick and say that the Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich that you just mentioned mm-hmm. is actually a reboot. Yeah. And then the next film that came after that, the Blade, the Iron Cross or the mm-hmm. Iron Blade or whatever, that's the that's the spinoff just like yeah, sorry. Blade. Yeah, so reboot, to- yeah, the reboot is in 2018 for Littlest Reich. And then the spinoff, yeah, is the retro puppet Masters Dr. Death. And then there's two comic book miniseries. There's a lot, I mean, there are some real followers to this yeah, series. Dr. Death is supposed to come out in 2023, so yeah. there'll be another. There'll be another one. So what is it? Puppet Master is an American horror film series which focuses on a group of anthropomorphic puff puppets animated by an Egyptian spell, each equipped with its own unique and dangerous device and are represented as heroes, anti-heroes, and antagonists. The franchise was created by Charles Band and Kenneth J. Hall. So when the puppets uh, were first introduced in the beginning, they were actually out to like kill bad guys. And then like throughout the series, by default, they start to kill some good guys. I just want to introduce the puppets. And we have here. Are they here? And I'd like to start by introducing. uh, So we have about. We have about nine, if we're including Leech Woman. So always, uh, my God, of course. I'm going to talk about her last. So Blade, he kind of looks like a like a I don't know, like a Grim Reaper with a fedora, a skeleton with a hat on. (laughs) Guess so, and long hair. Yeah, some blades. 
So he's a living puppet and they're all created by Andrew Toulon, who is, he's, he's like the, the he's the puppet master, right? During the, the second world war, he was designed after the Gestapo major Krauss. There's so many like world war two references in this whole series. Oh yeah. There's the trilogy that they do, as you guys yeah. probably know, access rising termination and access of evil, all those three. Right. That's all, you know, there's Nazi stuff throughout these, this throughout. whole series. And so they all have a soul. So he has the soul of a German surgeon and a medical doctor who betrayed the Nazis. So that gives you a little bit of, and he carries around this, he's got a hook on his hand and they're all like, they're just, they're so tiny, but man, they've got some like real fierceness. Then we have six shooter. I'm not going to go into all of them in depth. I'll go through a couple of them in depth. We have Jester. Kind of looks, he looks like a court jester. He's kind of my favorite because every time his little three level head spins around, his expression changes. Yeah. And they do a really good job most of the time of like within his, you know, six expressions. It just makes me laugh almost every time. You'll see the the three pieces on his head just like spin, 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 spin. And then it lands on an expression. It just makes me laugh almost every time. They do. They actually do a really good job with the effects. And Clinge, he looks more like a skeleton, more so I think than Blade does. And then Tunneler, <laughs> he literally has a cone, a steel cone. It's like, it looks like a drill and he will, and he's got this smile on his face. He looks really unassuming, but the next thing you know, he's like drilling a hill, a hole through someone's head. And then we have torch and then pinhead who is like a massive bodybuilder with the tiniest little head. And I don't know why, but he, he, he's one that pisses me off the most. And he has like this thing with leech woman and then decapitron, which came in like Decapitron came in like in number four or five. He was introduced, I believe. But the the most disgusting out of all of the puppets is Leech Woman, aka Miss Leech. And she was created after Toulon's wife who was killed. Yeah, his wife is in Leech Woman. Yeah, so the she that's the soul that Leech Woman carries. And her origin is revealed in, in Puppet Master 3. So she is, you know, in the image of Toulon's wife, Elsa, who had been killed by the Nazis, attempted to revive her in puppet form and added the mis- mystic leech powers so that she would be able to avenge herself. So this is what she does. She will literally, here she, she comes in the room, she, they introduce her in the first one, and you're just like, well, what is she going to do? She's like this tiny little woman, you know, in a dress, whatever. The next thing you know is she's sitting on your chest and she is regurgitating leeches. And these scenes are slow. And there's one leech after another, after another, and she's vomiting leeches. I know. It's disgusting. (laughs) And then she shows up again in number three. And I'm like, again? Oh, she's throughout a lot of most of them. But I think, don't we get a break from her in number two? There's a break along, there's breaks along the way. Not all, so what you guys should know too is like, not all the puppets are in all of the movies. No. So you can, if you're wanting to watch any give any of these or if puppet master is new to you for whatever reason or if you're like kathy and kathy's family where you never really watched it i certainly never watched it until now (laughs) and you're looking to figure this out like obviously i'm going to do a ranking so you can read a little bit about that but also you can look it up on wikipedia and see which puppets are in which movies and then base your choices on that 
or any of the ranking lists because there are better ones than yeah. others. <laughs> I guess she is in number two, but she she's she's gross. Do you have a favorite puppet, Kathy? Of what um, of what you watched? Well, I will. I have to say that Blade in is it the Littlest Reich gets he 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 it's the way he runs with his little knife <laughs> they all run it's so I, hilarious but the there's something about his combo of his knife and his face and he's got this large smile that all i excited blade is the only one that doesn't annoy me the rest of them kind of look jolly like i hate pinhead like i have a personal vendetta i just cannot stand it's them. so funny that he's arisen this hate in you. i know i don't know what it is but i think i would say that blade is probably my favorite tunneler also pisses me off and I didn't really get to know much about Decapitron. So I, I would say Blade, there's just something like really smirky and shitty. And, and you know, he goes, I think it maybe it's Littlest Reich. He goes for the Achilles. He's just a little shit. I like him. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, well, okay. Uh, one, another thing to know about this, the whole series, like as a, as a grouping, I guess, or as a franchise is that sometimes the, you know, the puppets start out as bad, mm -hmm. mean, negative villains. They start out as villains. And they when they did the reboot for the Littlest Reich, they are once again villains again, but they are straight up horror villains yeah. in the Littlest Reich. It's a great film in the sense that it's funny, there's good actors, you know, it's contemporary, and it has... And it's straight up super gory. Very, it's one very of my gory. favorites, Little's Reich. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it's actually a good film, and it it's not part of the full moon people. Mm -hmm. I don't think. And at the end of that film, it does say to be continued, even though it is a full beginning, middle, and end story. So I'm not spoiling anything, but they do say to be continued. But the next film that's coming out is not that continuation. It's another full moon. It's actually the continuation of blade the iron blade or iron cross sorry uh the iron cross blade the iron cross it's actually a continuation of that story so it's and it's another full moon so you kind of now we're sort of tracking the reboot stuff and also the original puppet master people but what i want to say is like then there's other times in a lot of the movies there in the middle like three four five six you know in there uh where the puppets are the good guys mm -hmm. and you really root for them. Yes. And then there are ones where the puppets are simply animals. Basically they're, they're like henchmen or they're, they're kind of toys in the sense that they'll be the puppet master. And then the puppet master will just tell them what to do. And then there, and then there are some where it's like, well, the puppets have a mind of their own and they do their own thing, which is kind of in Lilith's Reich and other ones. What you will find, at least I did in my movie watch, is that the rules sort of shift around mm -hmm. quite a bit. And I think sometimes you can you can decide on whether you like the puppets as villains and more gory and, and all of that and villainous and mean and like Kathy's sort of talking about like hating this one and hating that one because they're awful and horrible. And, you know, so you can like the movies that they're that way in, or you can also, or you can like, like the movies where they're the good guys. In number two, 
Pinhead's like her best bud. Yeah. Yeah. That's all of a sudden they're good guys. Yeah. Now. And that, and that, I'm can, like, that wait, confused me a little when I what? watched two because they were like bringing them back. Yeah. They were bringing them back. And it's back. that way in three as well. Yeah. And then and several others. Yeah. you ha- So that's one of the things is the role of the puppet changes. Now, I would say that some of my favorite puppet master movies out of this franchise were the ones where there were puppet wars. So several of these movies, three or four of these movies have extended scenes where the puppets that we know that Kathy was just talking about and some others, other ones too, are fighting a rebel puppet faction, you know, like the bad guy puppets, you know, the Nazis puppets. So we've got our puppets. (laughs) There is a Hitler puppet. And they're, I know. Yeah. And they're, and they're fighting the, the Hitler puppet. And, and (laughs) so, and then it's brilliant. You have these like, several minute long puppet war scenes where it's legitimately little puppets trying to, you know, like somebody's moving their little hands, little puppeteers and they're like fighting the Nazi puppet or some other puppet. And it's absolutely hilarious and ridiculous. And the way they move around and they try to give them expressions. And then you see like the, the little puppet hand come out and punch them, you know? Yeah. And they do some real damage. It's just so fun. The puppet wars are my favorite. So, in my ranking, where I was ranking, a lot of times what you guys will find, it would always go up a notch or two. Even if it was like if there was a really a bad fight? film. If there was a puppet war, like between rebel puppet yeah. factions, and there was a few scenes of that, because it, it, it only makes it to like three or four of them, it would go up a notch or two. Right. Like, whereas that movie would generally be more awful in the ranking. It's like, oh, but there was a puppet war. So, I mean... You have to think too, this was back when it was all the the stop go motion, whatever, and, and to oh, yes. think it thinking just from a creative place, I think that's one of the reasons I really appreciated these was these puppets are not CGI. No. And no, the amount no. <laughs> the amount of puppetry that went into and special effects that went into every movement from facial expressions to weaponry to even like those fights that Shannon are talking about. If you're watching it from like a special effects place, I appreciate it. Even though they're corny as hell. The practical effects. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're super corny and the acting is generally bad. What about the scenes in, (laughs) is it four and five where it's like these really passionate sex scenes with the music going. And then there's a puppet like just ready to (laughs) mutilate. But so it's this really, (laughs) it's this really dichotomous, you know, you're sitting there and you're watching two people have sex and the music, it's like you're watching some romantic film and it's very, you know, sensual and whatever. And then it, then you see like the little puppet kind of come into the room with the thing and he's like waiting to stab them during the sex. It is really quite funny. (laughs) And then, you know, driller will like impale, impale, (laughs) impale the woman from the back or something. And he'll like come out the stomach or whatever. It's like, it's hilarious. Some of them are a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that there are several that are very, very bad. And I don't mean like bad, fun, bad, because they're all fun, bad. Yeah, yeah. They're like the good ones in this series are bad and a lot of fun. Like I didn't really like two. Okay. Wait, but I want to hear the ones you thought were. Oh, no. Yeah. It gets much worse. Like, oh, I know it does. Like if you only watch the first five or six, like it gets much worse. It has to. <laughs> Where did we lose full moon? 
Or do they go back and forth? Oh, it, it, it's almost it's all full moon except for the Lula strike. Oh, okay, okay. A shining example of the bottom of this tier, <laughs> the bot, the 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 hanging in there at the bottom, the ones we would kick off the island for sure, are Puppet Master: The Legacy, which is the eighth film, and it is legitimately a recap film. Oh, God. The whole movie. No, no, no. I mean, it's so much worse than you even imagine. There's like three minutes of footage of the wraparound story, basically. And you do learn a little tidbit of the of something that would be interesting to know if you're going to get into the lore of it. Okay. So watching the end of it, you learn a little something. But that's like three minutes of the 70 or 80 minute movie. The rest of it is cut together footage from the first like five movies. Six, five, six movies. Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, it's literally oh, no, a cash grab. Literally a cash grab. Another one that rounds out the bottom tier of this is the one that Corey Feldman is in. I saw that. Okay. So you saw one of the worst ones. I mean, there are, you know, four or five near the bottom because there's 14, of course. So there's a there's an upper the, echelon you know, they, and a they lower. They compared it to Goonies, Crosses, Stand By Me. The horrible thing about that is that I've heard the d- Demonic Toys movies mm-hmm. are a lot of fun. Those actually ended up getting a lot more attention. And there, so there I'm going to watch those next, I think. <laughs> yeah, there aren't as many. But I, rem- I remember when Demonic Toys came out, I think it was 1992. And those got a lot more attention than the well at least maybe maybe we're not counting the original puppet master but the series yeah and so this was a crossover yeah obviously and there's also sort of a crossover with baby oopsie who is i guess a demonic toy mm-hmm. and then baby oopsie has like a franchise of his own baby her, oopsie's pretty pretty gnarly <laughs> looking too yeah and it's a lot baby of fun oopsie. in the sense of- i'm gonna call you baby oopsie okay i'm gonna call you late to dinner is what's gonna happen over there miss lady but now i want to kind of watch the demonic toys and the baby oopsies because they're all fucking ridiculous as well yeah but i will tell you the movies that i did like in this i think are worth a watch in the sense that it's kind of like the first five or so yeah to varying degrees, some are better than others, and five actually has a chunk of that recap bullshit mm-hmm, in it, like mm-hmm. a longer recap than normal. Many of them have a recap scene that takes up the first several minutes of the movie, and I'm like, oh, they were trying to stretch it to 70 minutes, so they had to put like a recap Yikes. in the front. Nowadays, you don't really have to do that. You can have a 60-minute movie. Yeah. You can have a 75-minute movie. But Sure, which most people with our attention span these days, it's preferable. Yeah, so there is a bunch of stuff you can watch it, you know, double speed or skip over recaps and things like that. But it's also part of the bad experience. <laughs> so five has a little, I think it's five that has a little bit of a portion of that. So it went down lower on my list. Anytime they did like a massive like recap footage, it was like, oh, yeah, no, I don't. You could give me a 45 minute movie and I'll be fine. Mm. Like, don't put a no, just don't do that. <laughs> Okay. Like the legacy should have been a, you know, a five minute short film to just fill in that <laughs> spot or a just, trailer or just put it in the next fucking movie. Like it's such a cash grab. I don't know. I'm assuming that's what they were doing is just trying to put something out in the puppet master universe to. Okay. Sure. Okay. But anyway, I think my pup, my favorite puppet is probably Jester, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then I did like the demonic toys were a lot of fun. There's like a, 
Jack in the Box and there's Baby Oopsie and a couple. So I'd really like to watch those movies. Have you seen the Demonic Toys I saw toys Demonic movies? Toys, I think, years ago, but okay. I don't, and maybe just parts of it. Um, there was a, there's a television series from 2021, apparently. So, yeah, whatever. That I don't remember, but I, I, it could have even been when I was working in the theater, Demonic Toys came out because it's around that time. Yeah, I mean, anyway. there's only four movies and one of them is the movie I just stated with Corey Feldman, yeah. the crossover. So mm-hmm. I guess there's only like three of them, which is really interesting. And then some series that I've never heard of. So okay. mm, whatever. We'll see. But anyway, so what did you think of your experience with the Puppet Master series that, you know, of what you got? I, I mean... Like I said, I, I, I think that they they are a fun watch if you want something, you know, if you appreciate the the practical effects and just the, the, the 80s feel. Sure. I think that they're fun. I think the puppets are hilarious. They are. So there's a lot of humor that's used, but it also has, I think, the majority of them have a pretty good gore factor too. So if you're someone who likes slashers and gore and you know, can stomach some of the cheesy 80, 80s stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think they did well for a reason. No, it's a lot of fun. And so I'll just end by saying that, by the way, the original, like the OG first film, Puppet Master, is not generally people's favorite. Mm-hmm. So you got to watch more than that. Because it just get... introduces. Yeah, you got to watch more than that. What You know, everybody thought it was great, and then they watched the others, and they're like, oh, these are a lot funner. You know, it's, yeah. not, as, it's not as fun as the as some of the other films. So I enjoyed this because Puppet Master, the, the whole franchise, is not something I normally would have watched. Mm-hmm. Certainly, even being really into horror now, it isn't something that I would probably go out and, and try to watch. So it, it was a great, uh, Kathy actually had suggested this as a part of our like cult film series. We do those every now and then, like we pick a cult film and then we pick the whole franchise this time. So this one happened to have 14 and Shannon watched all 14. I did. Cause you know, had to bring it to the people. She did. So we did an overview today of the, of the Puppet Master franchise. So for those of you who aren't as familiar, et cetera, I am going to do a couple of articles on our website that's more of like ranking and going into each movie a little bit more just because I think that's fun. So look out for that. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to take a little break and then our next chunk is going to be the movies and TV that we've been watching recently. So we'll be right back. movies okay okay you first well since we were talking about some (laughs) classics were we well puppet master series oh oh are those (laughs) class just kidding i'm kidding okay i watched two that i wanted to just revisit because it'd been one it had been a really long time oh okay and two the second one had some really fun actors in it that are now Kind of big deals. The first one was Fun House. The Fun House in 1981. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, I went back and watched that. So this one, it's about four teenagers visit a local carnival for a night of innocent amusement. They soon discover, however, that there is nothing innocent or amusing there at all. It So many movies like Hellfest and all that have been made since The Fun House, but this has a really eerie circus freak Todd Browningness about it <laughs> because this was back when they were allowed to do way more fucked up shit in these movies. And so the fun house that they go through, um, there were some <laughs> uncomfortable parts for me because they had like the cow that had two heads and these were like, these were not special effects. You know what I mean? So they brought in like stuff that they had found, but it's basically, you know, this, this killer that is, killing these teenagers at a fun house. So if you think of any movie that's come out in the last few years, that's about like, imagine us going to universal horror nights and oh. something like that happening. That's what the fun house is. And then there, of course there's like all the eighties dynamics of the dating and dad, not wanting her to date the older guy and not going to the fun house because people were murdered there like two weeks before and like, dad, it's not going to happen to me. And then they get caught up in this whole thing. Um, and you're not really sure if the boyfriend's a hero or a killer, <laughs> but it's like a really fun slasher that is a classic and most people yeah. um have seen it so that one I, I went back and watched it was one of those like saturday mornings i'm like oh my god i have not seen this in years and a lot of movies i think ended up being the fun house was actually a, a movie that many movies based their themes off of it was like one that was made and became a, a it had a huge cult following oh, to okay. it the other one that i watched was um called The Intruder. This one actually had Sam Raimi. Oh, in really? It. A very, very young Sam Raimi. And what ends up happening, and his brother Ted's in it, and Bruce Campbell is also in it. <laughs> and so it takes place in a supermarket where there's one of the tellers, the this girl who's like 16 or 17, she has an obsessive boyfriend that comes in and she's like, listen, it's over. We're not, you know, we're not seeing each other. So you, you automatically think that he's potentially the killer that's coming back into the grocery store at night. Yeah. But then you start to figure out that maybe it's not him and there's somebody else outside stalking the store that they all end up getting locked into overnight. Mm. But a very, very young Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. So that oh, for itself is fun. like really fun to watch. So those are just two classic slashers that are going on on like Netflix, Netflix and Prime right now. Nice. Yeah. Those they're are fun. fun. Those are a lot of fun. I uh, I watched a movie called Disappearance at Clifton Hill from 2019. It's actually a mystery thriller, drama mystery thriller. And interestingly enough, David Cronenberg is is in it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's directed by Albert Chin, but David Cronenberg is actually in it. He plays a he plays a character in it. So I I mean I, I think I pushed play because of that. Like I was like, oh well, let's see what that guy has to offer. Uh, a troubled young woman returns to her hometown of Niagara Falls where the memory of a long ago kidnapping quickly ensnares her. So Tuppence Middleton, Hannah Gross, David Gronenberg, and a bunch of other uh, actors are in it, of course. It's noir. It's kind of pulpy. Okay. It's a whodunit. It's Canadian. It was not as fun as I wanted it to be. Okay. Like all of those things sound kind of like fun. But it all kind of just fell real flat for me, honestly. Not that it's not entirely worth a watch, but like if you like those things, but it's, you know, it's 100 minutes long, so it's past the 90 minute cutoff. 
And that's bad if at 100 minutes you're like... Well, yeah, I mean... Well, uh, so there's a fun thing. Cronenberg plays a podcaster. (laughs) And so that's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. I really wanted this movie to lean into the Twin Peaks vibes that it had. Because it did have Twin Peaks vibes. It's set in Niagara Falls. So you've got a northern climate. And... If you've never been to Niagara Falls, it's sort of Vegas minus 100. I mean, it's not nearly like it's not nearly as big or as flashy as Vegas, but it's right. It's as close as I guess they get up there. Mm-hmm. So it's got a lot of like circusy stuff and little houses. You can go up mini golf mm-hmm. and all that kind of shit that you can do. And it's so it's got that northern kind of cold dark sky feel to it and and it did have that noir twin peaks vibes but it just didn't get nearly weird enough for me that's too bad it sounds <laughs> like the, it, it sounds like it was uh, atmospheric without a good yeah, yeah yeah there was definitely atmosphere so so i i would watch it for that there was certainly atmosphere and the first 45 minutes you can you can bank on atmosphere yeah because i i will watch a slow burn atmosphere movie mm-hmm. But and also it's like following the death of her mom. She goes back to Niagara Falls, so mm-hmm. there's that bit of it. And but then she gets this woman, this main character gets embroiled with like this child who gets mur- murdered. She thinks she witnessed a child get murdered when she was a kid, mm-hmm. and then that she's had some repressed memory. And so then she's back in Niagara Falls, and she decides to like investigate on her. Got I don't it. know. It just kind of goes awry. I don't know. Okay, that's where I. It's too bad. That's where I land. What else? I watched a movie called The Rental that was actually directed by Dave Franco. Sure. Um, Two couples on an oceanside getaway grow suspicious that the host of their seemingly perfect rental house may be spying on them before long. What should have been uh, a celebratory weekend trip turns into something far more sinister. So here's the thing. The buildup of this movie, and it has Jeremy Allen White from Shameless. Okay. Um, Okay. Love him. Yeah. Uh, The buildup is good. There's some really good tension scenes. Uh, Sheila Vand, who plays Mina, is really great in it. Toby Huss, who plays Taylor, he's the guy that is like uh, there to rent out the Airbnb, but not necessarily like in in owns the home. Okay. So he he's a red herring at the beginning, and it's two couples that go to the home and the the two guys are brothers and there's already tension there because the older brother played by Dan Stevens has a working relationship with, with Jeremy Allen White's girlfriend, but Dan Stevens wife is also like, is there anything going on between the two of you? Right. So there's already like this love triangle thing that's happening. Then they find out that they're being watched in the house. Okay. And as the tension starts to build, all of these, I I don't want to give too much away, but long story short, all of these things start to happen that lead them to um, becoming suspects of a murder. Okay. And you watch it and you're like, you're... I was actually really in the feeling of it and feeling bad for them and going, Oh, that's fucked. And now they got to go back and blah, blah, blah. And then it ends Mm -hmm. and you want the ending to be something that goes, Oh, that's who it was this whole time. You want to have like a realization and the killer's like random. Oh no. And so you, yeah. So you're, and I actually went and looked it up to make sure I didn't miss something. Yeah. That's what I would have thought too. Like I must've missed something. I must've missed something. (laughs) And so the killer doesn't have a, a, you're, 
There's nothing you're attached to when you find out what happens. So that kind of blew it for me and probably why it got three out of five stars. Yeah, if you don't land the ending. You land the, that's what happened. That's but the rough. build up through it, I thought was um, was good. Okay, cool. Yeah. I also watched a movie called A Ghost Waits. A Ghost Waits from 2020. It's actually, it, you know, it's funny because in some places it's listed as a comedy romance, but it's it's also a horror movie, <laughs> which I thought was funny. I'm like, really? You're billing this as you're trying to get comedy romance fans to watch this? That's hilarious. So it's very, very low budget. An ingenious, unique, and unpredictable combo of horror, humor, and heart is the way they try to, <laughs> is oh, the way boy. they try to, Yeah. Tasked with renovating a neglected rental home, speaking of rentals, handyman Jack quickly finds out why the tenants leave, keep leaving in droves. This house is haunted. The ghost in question is Muriel, herself employed from beyond the veil to keep the home vacant. So they're at odds, obviously. This, this guy is in there to fix it up, and this ghost wants him out. Now, this is not the conjuring ghost. This is a lady in, a, in white makeup and a dress ghosting low budge however (laughs) it was a lot of fun actually i mean you have to like uh, you have to like low budget shenanigans for sure it's very low budget it's it almost feels like found footage the way it's shot they shot it very like much like found footage like that level of cinematography okay (laughs) And it does not land the ending, in my opinion, and I will not rewatch it. So it's not going to get my like, yeah, I'll I'll like throw pop this in on a Sunday and, and watch it again. <laughs> okay. it's, it's not that it's not that ridiculous. There's a bunch of low budget stuff that I will do that with okay. that. Like if someone suggests it, I'm like, yeah, we're all over that. Let's watch that again. This is not one of them. But I would say that the first the first chunk of the movie, like maybe the first half it's just fun to watch them try to work it out because, of course, what ends up happening, and you can kind of tell from the from the poster of the movie, is that this guy and the ghost fall in love. Okay. That's why it's a romance. And then sort of how that, how does that work exactly, right? Yeah. Yeah, like where does that go? <laughs> yeah, not, not many places. But you just have to also just sort of satisfy yourself with the fact that the ghost in this movie, there's more than one, but, you know, they've, they're like people with white ghost makeup on and clothing and little lines, you know, on their face. So you're saying you won't watch it again? No, okay. but I would give it two stars because it's worth a watch if you like low-budget horror and that's just kind of your jam. I appreciate that. (laughs) You know, you and I watched Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker together on Joe Bob because Joe Bob is in his season. I think there's like, well, by the time this airs, it's probably over. But at the at the time where, you know, they've they've got a couple weeks left of season four of The Last Drive in. What what do you think of Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker from 1981 with Jimmy McNichol, ladies and gentlemen? The movie is so random and so disturbing and bizarre. It's in the queer horror genre. Well... Clearly, I mean, they accuse the poor boy of being gay throughout the whole film, and that that is more of the villain. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The crazy mother. Yeah. It's it's bias. It's 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 awful. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is a. And then I I always 
you know, of course they always, well, not, not as much anymore, but there was a, a time where they would incorporate homosexual themes and to incest and child. Yeah. It's 1981. Yeah. So of course there's going to be, you know, the homosexual undertones mixed in with the incest and let's just, that's all one, right? Well, and anything in the eighties is going to have Ev- all kinds Ugh. of awful gay slurs and oh, all, terrible, all but good things. Susan Tyrell. She's nutty as hell. She's a psycho hag as Joe. She's a psycho Trump hag. Says. I mean, the movie is, if you watch it for what it is, it's entertaining. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those movies that obviously, you know, Joe Bob is picking it. I've seen it before, actually. This was not my first watch of it. It's one of those movies that's like in the, I don't know, the drive-in lexicon of movies from those times. It's just one of those ones because Susan Tyrell is amazing in it. She's just so crazy. And then Julia Duffy and a very young Bill Paxton is in this I movie. I know. He's almost unrecognizable. Very, very young guys, like really young. And Jimmy McNichol, you know, if, if you're from the 80s or you know anything about the 80s or you're into it, you know, those of you who are fans of Stranger Things or whatever, Jimmy McNichol and Christy McNichol were heartthrob brother and sister at the of the time and it's so funny because as soon as I turn on the movie I'm like, "Man, Christy looks good." Cuz they are so they look so much alike. <laughs> anyway, it was a lot of fun and I think that uh it's just one of those movies that if you're a horror file, you got to see. I mean, it's an exploitation horror. So you don't like it? I understand, but it, it is, is an very exploit- much an exploitation. It's an exploitation horror. horror. It's a great There's way, no great bones about it. it. <laughs> so, but you know what? You know what we're going to do now? I think I know. Okay. Go for it. Are you ready? I am. Okay. What 1989 horror film was directed by Victor Salva starring Sam Rockwell. It was about three mental patients who have escaped an insane asylum, murdered three clowns, stealing their identities of Chizo, Bippo, and Dippo by taking their makeup and costumes. Well, I want to say that it's Clown House. You got it. Oh, yeah. Woo. That's the one I knew. I thought I knew. (laughs) Number two in Newfoundland's sleep paralysis is called... What? Mother of all. It's called this because it's associated with visions of elderly women crouching on the sleeper's chest. A, crouching geezer. B, old hag. Or C, the senior squat. Well, I mean, crouching geezer is the obvious one, but I want to say that it's the senior squat. It's actually old hag. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I don't like that. I know. (laughs) I thought senior squat was cute, so I picked it. Thanks. I made that up. Yeah, cool. Um, number three, how many baby spiders come out of an egg? A thousand. Four to six hundred. Oh, well, I feel I, I want more. Okay. I think they can do better. All right. Relax. <laughs> uh, you, until you step on one. I, it was horrible. No, I don't. Horrifying. I don't want to have that experience at all. Oh, Siri's asking me what I want. Be quiet. Number four. Four, Danny Elfman, who was known for his uh, score in Edward Scissorhands, made his debut soundtrack with what movie? Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Yes. And number five, what is the actual name of Pinhead in Clive Barker's original novel, The Hellbound Heart? Well, I haven't read that novel. I'd like to put it on the list for our book club, actually. We've read a bunch of uh, classics this year, so that would be a good one to throw in the mix. Uh, I don't know. I, I... I mean, I've read a lot of stuff about Hellraiser. I wasn't aware that he had a different name in the 
It's book. it's actually quite simple. It's just Hell Priest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Not a regular name, which is good to know. He is the Hell Priest. I mean, that makes sense to yeah, me. Exactly. Thank you so much for that, Kathy. You're that, so that, welcome. That felt, you know, shaming and fantastic as uh, always. You know, it's it's <laughs> dialectic, as you would say. <laughs> yeah. Clown House, I got that one. You um, did. I like that movie actually. That's why I knew. It. That's why I knew it because <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Well, when I, when I saw so Sam Ro- nuts in that, and that's why I said she'll know it because Sam Rockwell's in it. It's it's he is so nuts in that movie. I can't even tell you. You have to watch it if you haven't. He's just a total nutter in that, and you know, I okay. like it. I like it a lot. I mean, not not a lot. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening. Go out and rent some of the Puppet Master movies. Please do. A lot of them are free streaming right now. <laughs> yeah. So I just so you guys know, I watched most of them on Tubi. So okay. completely free on Tubi.com, T-U-B-I.com, uh-huh. where you can watch a lot, a lot of free movies. You just have to put up with ads. And Prime has a, a couple of them for free right now. I, I watched in between those two. Right. And then like The Littlest Reich, you definitely have to rent. Uh, it's not a full. And then, oh, and Full Moon Features has a streaming service. Mm-hmm. So you can sign up for their streaming service, which doesn't cost very much. And you can watch the whole debacle of all the things. So, you know, slop. We like some trash horror. So that's where you can find some more whole franchises. So thanks so much for listening. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. <laughs>